ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, we're going to talk about our top five disc records in hip-hop history. Now, if you're a hip-hop fan, some of these songs should appear on your list. If not, hey, we can debate it. And I got a special guest coming through, the homie Tyrone, a.k.a. 77th underscore wonder from the Tackless Know-It-Alls podcast. Programming note, during the recording of this episode of the 12 Kyle podcast, I did experience some technical difficulties in recording. And so some of the words that you may hear be somewhat choppy, if you will, but you can still hear and understand what we're saying. Now, I take full responsibility for that. And instead of having Tyrone come back and record it again, it was just so authentic. I figured, hey, we'll just drop it and put the programming note out there. So if you're listening and you don't like it, hey, let me know. Nevertheless, sit back, relax. We'll drop the theme music and we'll get the podcast jumping. Let's get it. Welcome back. As I mentioned in the intro, uh, we're talking about our top five disc records in hip hop. And uh, I I had to when I when I thought about this topic, man, because at the time of this recording in 2018, there were a few disc records released, uh, (laughs) none of which made my my list. But (laughs) but nonetheless, um, you know, someone like me who's tenured in hip hop, man, when I thought about it, I was like, I got to get this cat on. You know, because anytime you talk hip hop, you want to have people on that talk hip hop that know what the hell they talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I got to bring on, man, good friend of the show. This is his first podcast. I've been on his podcast, uh, the Tackless Podcast. He is one half of the Tackless Podcast. Uh, you know him as 77th underscore wonder, a.k.a. my boy Tyrone. Ty, what's up, man? Man, you know, it's... It's an honor right now. Yeah, the half <laughs> the half of the pie talk about hip hop because you know the right, other, right. Half. other half don't talk. Yeah, shout nah, out to me. Not really. Yeah, shout out downstairs chilling. No doubt, yep. no doubt. Well, yeah, man, I had to get you on. When I thought about this, I was sitting in traffic one day, man, and uh, you know we I've been on your podcast a couple of times, man, and and uh, and I think. I'm pretty sure off the mic we probably talked a lot about hip hop. I don't know if we have. Oh well, yeah, we, well, man, we, we sat in here. Time. Yeah, oh, we talked what a couple of hours. hours. At your crib? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah, hell yeah. And so you know, true heads. And uh, I was sitting in traffic the other day, and I was like, man, you know what? It'd be nice to talk about a top five disc records uh, because one of the, the disc records that I heard was actually on my um, my shuffle. I was listening to him on my way to work and, um, and I thought about you and I was like, you know, I got to get him on the podcast and, and I definitely got to get back on your podcast. Um, no doubt. And I listen to you guys drop podcasts every Monday, which is so dope for me because uh, Mondays, you know, drag most people. 
<laughs> oh, about it, man. And it's funny because we always try to drop it. Like we, the one thing that we tried to stick with is consistency. Mm-hmm. But y'all don't know how shaky that shit be. <laughs> like real shaky. Some of the Mondays, I know one Monday he was like, "Yo, what's up?" Yeah, because like, I didn't happened? see it. I, I, I yeah. got in the car and I was like, "I was on my way to." Because that's what I do. I'm, I'm on my way to work. I listen to y'all on the way to work on Monday yeah. mornings, and I'm like, "Wait a minute." I don't see this shit. I was like, let me hit yeah, Tyler. I'm going to shoot him a text. Hey, was one, of them, one of them days, boy, I, I, I was actually working on it at that time because it was like late at night. I was like, shit, I'm going to bed. And I then I got that text. I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> let me go ahead and get this. Get all my shit, man. Hey, well, you you know, if, if ain't nobody else listening, I'm listening. Um, but, you know, man, we're talking top five disc, disc records. Um, now, we came from, for the people listening. Uh, yep. Ty and I came from an era where we experienced uh, the golden era of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, people actually rapped. <laughs> where, like, like for real? Like, like their life depended on it? Because sometimes it did. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> you know, again, you know, no knock on the, you know, those who are out there rapping now. I mean, you know, the young boys, they got it, you know. But I, I'm going to go out and I, I don't know what's list. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the Migos didn't make his list. Close, no star, <laughs> no, they didn't make it, man. They didn't. There'll, make there'll it. be no skirt skirts on here. So. No, none. <laughs> I, I really, I really thought it was because um, when you told me about it, and like you said, for the people out there, we didn't discuss anything Mm-mm. about who's on my list, who's on your list. But just like anything else, because we come from like that same golden era. It's inevitable we're probably going to end up some point on the same track. It's mm-hmm. inevitable. If you mention anything from 2018, you're going to throw me for <laughs> the fucking loop for real. Like, nah. I'm going to be real surprised at that. No, nah, there's there's nothing from 2018. I mean, 2018 was a, was a good year, I guess, for rap. Um, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, for hip hop, you know, not as much. But, you know, hey, <laughs> it, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's feeding those who need to be fed, I guess. Um, right. But yeah, so like I said, we 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 grew up in an era where um, I guess even if you didn't come up in the era that you, that we came up in, just to give you know backstory, a disc mm-hmm. record back in the day was really a lot of times something where it was just left up to the interpretation. Um, right. Didn't necessarily have to say someone's name per se. Uh, you know, I remember growing up like we thought that because it, it was all about what we call subliminal disses. And mm-hmm. I remember growing up, we thought that Kane and Rakim were throwing subliminal disses at each other. Nobody was always fodder for us to talk about as hip hop fans, but nobody could confirm because, you know, there was no internet. There was nobody to say, hey, Rakim, are you subliminally dissing Big Daddy Kane and, you know, anything like that? So, um, but I think I just, a lot just wanted, to, it, wanted it to happen just because oh, no it was very interesting. No question. You know what I'm saying? But I don't, I don't, you know. And that, that, as as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, that doesn't fit my criteria of a good disc record. Mm-hmm. I, I really actually hate that. That's one of the things I hate. But oh, no doubt, no doubt. I, I think for me, it was uh, it was something that got us hip hop fans talking. You know what I'm saying? If we could just, right. you know, and like you said, a lot of times it wasn't even uh, whether or not somebody was really dissing them or not it was just our interpretation of whether or not it was actually and you know a lot of times maybe there was no diss there anyway and we were just <laughs> we were just amping it up just because you know you yeah. have this faction of guys and this faction of guys as far as uh uh you know hip-hop. um so what we're gonna do we're gonna break down our top five um 
ties his are in no particular order. I've actually got mine listed out. So give me one that's on your list in your top five disc records. Well, why you, you selected it. Well, see, first, I got to give you a backstory, though. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. So I, in order to come up with a list, because when you, you texted to me, I was like, OK, cool. But the thing about it is what my list is going to consist of may not fit anybody else's list or may because my criteria is different like i was saying earlier the mm-hmm. one thing that i've always hated about quote unquote diss tracks is when it's ultra subliminal mm-hmm. okay. like I, I really i really do like when you just and just just lay it on the line there's no mistaken one way or the other i don't have to guess i don't have to figure it out i don't like that's one of the criteria that i like about a good diss track okay right um another thing is the actual opponents you know, I don't mm. like lopsided battles mm. like that is not interesting to me. And I, I think that when you have a, a very lopsided battle, like, for instance, when Eminem and Benzino <laughs> had their little things. Dude, is that really a fucking battle, though? Like uh, KRS-One and Nelly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, man. Like, that's not really a battle. That's <gasps> basically a high schooler fighting a right. fifth grader. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like, we all know what's going to happen. And it's not really interesting to me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, some of the things, it, it clearly Eminem didn't really, that battle, spoiler alert, it didn't make my fucking list <laughs> at all. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Did, another, I'd hang up this podcast. Yeah, quick. right. <laughs> so, another thing, too, is I, I know the backstory because I don't, mm-hmm. I know that there's some battles that start because one person is hot and the other person's not. Mm-hmm. And they'll use it. The person that's not hot will just use it as some sort of springboard to get their career jump started. You know what I mean? Like a whack, but it happens. And I think one of the last things is how how truthful you are. Like if mm. you just on if you just on a mic saying shit because it rhymes, and it really has no basis in reality, is not really interesting to me. You know what I'm saying? As a as a I guess a a, a diss track. Mm-hmm. So saying all of that there's some that probably won't fit all of those things but mm-hmm. that's usually i've noticed that that's the pattern like the shit that gets me hyped when i hear gotcha. a, a diss track and i'm like oh okay this nigga is really like angry mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is not, <laughs> this is not for play right. you know what i'm saying so the first one um actually is a 10 percent diss MC okay Light. okay okay like that fucking track has always been one of those songs that just I don't know. It's just it's it's in essence hip hop to me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like she started that song out on hot damn ho. Here we go again. Mm. Just from the beginning, that intro alone made that song just fire to me. And you know, like can rap her ass off, mm-hmm. especially at that time. You know, this is this is when she was at her prime, really. You know, because I just happened out of poor Georgie time. She started kind of sliding down a little bit. Right. Not skill wise, but she was just making more poppy tunes to mm-hmm. me. She was going for at, the charts. At, right. And, and, you know, I guess rightfully so. If you can reach them, do your thing. But that particular that particular track is one of those that has to be in, in my top five. It's definitely not number one, but it's definitely always going to be in my top five because I just thought that, that was a, a ruthless track. Although... Antoinette was not on the same level, you know, but the sentiment behind that track was what I liked the most. Cause I know, I don't know if a lot of people know, but essentially audio two had a song, right? So 
Um, God, I can't remember the name of the song. It's like the only song that you can name from Audio 2. Top Billing? Top Billing. Okay. I don't know why I went blank, but yeah. So Antoinette takes the beat. Yep, yep, and yep. For the for the youngins out there, that was a fucking no. You don't take somebody else's beat. You don't bite nothing. No lyrics, no beat, no style, no clothes, no nothing. And Light is Milk D's younger sister. Either sister or cousin. Sister or cousin. They related some. Yeah. Right. And so that was it. That was enough. She just went in on the chick. Mm. That's it. You know what I'm saying? She just went in on the chick. And I don't remember hearing from Antoinette too much after that. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) You know? And she she laser focused on Antoinette that entire fucking song. Mm -hmm. Period. And just demolished her. So... That's that that one's in my top five for that reason. No doubt, no doubt. I, I man, I, I uh, and, and shout out to my boy Eclectic, aka Tweet Rhymes Life. Um, he, 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 one of these days we're gonna get all three of yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do that for yeah, real. Yeah, he's not a, he's he's not a, he's not a huge fan of light of light being called the female goat. Um, <laughs> he did a podcast. Me, me and him did a podcast uh, recently that was recently released, and uh, mm-hmm. we talked about that, but um. But yeah, in that time, man, I think, I think Light got her, and Antoinette was she was she was solid. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. It, again, great point. She bit his 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 uh, his music, his his beats. Right. You can't, you know that. Listen, young people listening, because the time are very tenured in hip hop. The one thing that you could not do, you did not want to sound like anybody else and you could not bite somebody else's style or somebody else's beat that's why when you listen to a lot of the golden era mcs well most of the golden era mcs everybody sounds so different is because that's you know you weren't trying to sound like anybody else and biting somebody's beat and taking somebody's beat that was i mean like in the streets you 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 get beat up for that like it was just that serious it was Um, a no-no oh yeah no and um and yeah I, I love that track by light man that's that's one of my favorite tracks from light um and i think it helped you know solidify her position as you know as a lot of people feel like she's the one of the greatest female mcs of all time um, i don't know where to get that from but you know she's very good well you know what it is I, and we, we kind of talked about it on the podcast like to some degree it's kind of by default because it really wasn't a right. lot of you know female mcs no, back not. then so Right. You know, we kind of had <laughs> we really didn't have much back then. But. No, that's true. And I think I think Light did have a, a certain pedigree about her. Like oh, she no was question. up for the challenge. Like yes. she didn't have a problem. And you never really caught her with a whole bunch of whack ass, mm-hmm. you know, songs one behind it. She put out a solid album. She could put out a solid song. She was always solid. You know what I'm saying? So and consistent with her lyrical skills. So I I, I guess that's where people are getting it from. But I don't I don't know about that. No doubt. No doubt. Um, my number five, uh, I would venture to say that I've got it at five, but it's probably going to be higher on a lot of people's lists. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I have it at five for a reason and that's uh Tupac's hit him up. Mm. Um, mm. I think the reason I have it at five, because I'm sure some of you listening are like, man, why he got it at five? I, have I don't it even have five. it. It's not even on my list. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> I even... knew it was gonna make your list. So no. I, so I was like, that's perfect. Um, but I love the song. I, yeah, the song was so, so crazy. No, no, all right, let me rephrase that. No, no, I love the verse. Verse, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you went right where I was going. 
the reason why it's at five is because of Tupac's verse. Right. And it would be higher if it were only Tupac's verse. But for some reason, man, Tupac put the outlaws on this. And I don't know none of the outlaw dudes, and I don't want to offend no outlaws if y'all out there looking. I don't want no smoke. Um, But y'all were (laughs) whack. And here's the thing, people. You can't have a diss record and have a bunch of people on the record and and call it a diss record. It's like... You know, it's like I'm going to fight somebody and I'm like, okay, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to hit you a couple of times and I'm going to bring Ty in and he's going to finish you. No. Yo, what's I, point? Yeah, what, well, like, what's what's my part in that? Exactly. Exactly. So Tupac's verse, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was killer. I mean, like he starts off. First off, fuck your bitch and the click you claim. When we ride, come equipped with game. Dang. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your fuck wife. your wife. <laughs> We bust on bad boy niggas for life. Damn. I mean, that was the opening. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things where you're listening and you just hoping this nigga don't mention your name. Man. Like, he's definitely out for blood. I remember the first time I heard it, I literally, my mouth was just open. Because, like, we, you know, it was subliminal stuff, you know, this East, this, quote unquote east coast west coast beef was right. bubbling which I think was all fabricated and that's another story of another day um, but Pac just came out with that and then the part about I fucked your wife was that Faith had agreed to do a hook on one of Tupac's songs and I think they were kicking in the studio and some photographer was in there or something like that and for a magazine it might have been right on or some shit like that and they took a picture. And so the picture, to my knowledge, or at least to the public's knowledge, that was the only time that Faith had and Pac had been together publicly. But he made the her being on the hook of the song that was coming on his album. And, you know, Pac being Pac, <laughs> he had the world thinking that he banged Faith. Now, whether or not he did or not, I, I, yeah, I don't know. You know, but we'll never know. But it sent Biggie into a tizzy nonetheless and, you know, caused problems for Biggie and Faith, who were married at the time. And uh, I mean, like, you just can't come. I mean, Ty are married. You, you you can't come out with your wife. No, that's I mean, like, <laughs> that ain't going to work. We ain't rapping no more. No, we ain't this ain't rap no more. Right. <laughs> this ain't rap no more. Fuck that. <laughs> you ain't playing no track. You tell me, fuck my wife. I ain't getting in the booth. Right. No, no. Fuck it, that. Yeah, it, it's, no. it's going to be us talking over some beats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't play me instrumentals and shit. No. no. So, We're doing something um, else. So, yeah, that that song, I mean, his Tupac's verse was, was uh, and like like Ty said, I'm big on, you know, your validity, validity of your rhymes and, you know, what you're actually saying. And, I mean, yeah. he, he went right at Biggie. I got to give him his props. He went right at Biggie. And so, you know, if the outlaws were not on it, I would have it listed higher. But, uh, but yeah, that's my, that's my number five. Pick. That's a good pick. And it's actually appropriate that it wouldn't be a number one. Because, you know, mainstream, you ask people and they think oh, no that's question. the greatest shit ever. <laughs> but they never really listen to the fact that, honestly, as soon as you hear, get out the way, yo, yeah. you ask for it. And you get, hey, don't sick yourself. Like, you don't listen to Exactly. I, I, I don't I could not fucking recite any of the outlaw shit, me honestly. Either. Me either. And piggybacking on that though, and I guess didn't make my list is because I do think that another one in my top five 
is still from Tupac, but it's against all odds. Okay, okay. And there's a reason for that. Mm. Like I said, that didn't make my top. Like hit him up didn't make my top five because, mm-hmm. like for all said, I don't necessarily think that Tupac was carrying a song on his own, mm-hmm. and to have all these other people that yeah, yeah, they're your boys and shit, but they don't really have a problem with Biggie. So why the fuck song? Exactly. You know. But the bigger point was, from my perspective, I thought I always felt like Tupac was a thinker. Mm-hmm. As far as lyrically. And a lot of people might not agree. I don't think Tupac was the most lyrically potent nigga ever. Oh, no. Don't think that, that was his strength. I agree totally. I think Tupac's strength was his ability to see the bigger picture and make an actual concept mm-hmm. and make you see it and just really get intricate in his lyrics. He didn't be extremely lyrical and rhyme a whole bunch of words, double rhyme scheme and all that shit. He didn't have to do that. He was impactful with his lyrics, right? When you get to hit him up, he was extremely emotional. Mm. And that emotional Tupac was not the best version of Tupac for me. Mm. Against All Odds was more school. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was Tupac being Tupac. That was him just basically like, yo, I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do all of that. Mm. I'm going to just pick y'all niggas off one at a time. Remember what you thought? Like, <laughs> remember what you said, niggas? You remember that shit? What? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's Tupac to me. Just mm. straight up spitting facts and just letting you know. I don't have to do all the rah-rah shit. This is what it is. Y'all niggas know what's up. And when you see me, nigga, you're going to see me. Right. That That's what it's going to be. All the other shit, the, the hit him up just felt like, it felt like fanfare. It just felt like he was angry at the time when he wrote it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, clearly. And he didn't really have anybody on him that would be like, yo, Pac, listen, understand you mad with this nigga and everything, but don't try to get on a track and just say the most hurtful shit you can say about right, him and Mob right. Deep just for the sake of saying it because you're better than that. You know what I'm saying? You can still do it in a different way. So that's why Against All Odds is, I would say, two, three, and he did the whole fucking song by himself. Mm-hmm. The Outlaws didn't fucking show up, so that's a positive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's, that to me is a is twice as good. As hit him up. Like I said, hit him up is so vicious, it's easy for people to kind of latch onto it and be like, oh shit, Pac went off. But if you really sit down and listen to Against All Odds, the nigga was just, that's, you know, sitting in the studio getting blowed. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. It's the realest shit he ever wrote. It's just really kind of. shit he ever wrote. It's just, it's really kind of pop. Like just being that nigga that's just like, yo, you don't want, you really, nigga, go ahead now. I mm-hmm. already told you stop fucking with me, but if you keep on fucking with me, I'm gonna just get in your ass. That's, that's the version. You know, so that, that would be another one in my top five. Okay, okay, against all and and for those listening, who was dissed on against all odds? Oh God, it was <laughs> or Buffy. maybe I shouldn't say who 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 was yeah, this. <laughs> I think uh shit, Jimmy Henchman was on there. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, Puff. it's like hard. Yeah, Puff. Shit, I wanted to say Chino XL, but no, that was hit him up. Um, which Chino is like nigga, he. Yeah, Pop, had, Pop had a, he had a couple of subliminals on there where he could have been talking about, but I do know he he was Jimmy Henchman. Um, yeah, he did. He did because he, you know, he felt like he was a part of uh, the Quad City studio shooting where Tupac yeah. was coming to visit Biggie and he got shot, and uh, he th- he thought that uh, set up. up right. 
and, and that and that's even more reason like if you thought that a guy set you up to get shot you would think that that would be the yes. tupac that would be on hit him up but when you get that calm tupac that's really calculating and thinking and writing his lyrics and just saying i'm gonna be very clear buckers personally for me i prefer that tupac mm, mm. so i just prefer that song and like I said, if I had to rank hit him up, if I just absolutely had to rank hit him up, it might make my top ten, but it's definitely not in my top five. Okay. All right. So you got a, you got your second one at, against all odds. Um, that is, it's funny you mentioned that because I have that down written. I wrote down a couple of uh, uh, honorable mentions. I do have that one written down as honorable mention. Um, yeah. My number four. Uh, man, when I heard this, uh, it 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 it. It did so much because I didn't see it coming. I mean, we saw it coming, but we didn't see it coming. And that was Jay-Z's take. Mm. Um, if Just to give a backstory for those of you who, who, you know, who weren't around or maybe couldn't come outside because you were lame. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, Poor you. <laughs> the, you know, Jay had been going back and forth subliminally with Nas. And, um, you know, it had kind of, t- it kind of, you know, came to uh, uh, the end basically and um, you know I think Mob had, Mob Deep had gotten some shots in there as well and uh, goes to the famous the infamous uh, Summer Jam concert and he just does a verse you know talking about Mob Deep and you know he puts up the picture of Prodigy in the you know ballerina well, not ballerina I mean he was in the Prodigy spent I think grandmother owned a, a, a ballet uh, studio and you know so Prodigy danced as a child so Jay Z somehow got a hold of this is long before photoshopping and, and putting people business out it, it had to be real then <laughs> he had a real picture of Prodigy as a child dancing and he put it up on the screen now this is hardcore gangster Prodigy you know as mm-hmm. a child you know in this picture dancing and so he does the verse about Prodigy and then ends the verse with Ask Nas, he don't want it with Hove, and that was it. Yeah. And then he stopped yeah. the song. And so then Nas came back, and Nas had a verse. Uh, and I think Nas's verse it was on a mixtape, Clue Taper. I, I think that's where I heard it. And you know, Nas said some things about Jay Z. He didn't. I don't know if he actually mentioned Jay Z's name, but we knew he was talking about Jay. Well, mm-hmm. what Nas didn't know was that there was a second verse, just strictly dedicated to him. So when the Blueprint album comes out 11th, 2000, what was it, 2000, 2011, I think, 2001, something like that. No, it's 2001. 2001, yeah. okay. Um, the album comes out, not only the Prodigy disc verse is on there, but the verse that we didn't hear about Nas. And, I mean, Jay-Z is going in, breaking down Nas's career, and I, I was blown. I mean, because... Anybody knows me, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan, but I'm a huge Nas fan to have two of my favorite MCs going at it. And this time, you know, it's it's pretty obvious. There's no more subliminal. They are just, I mean, he's, he named, he mentions Nas's name, you know, it, because that's where the verse starts. And, um, you know, he, <laughs> he, he, I thought he ended Nas' career. I mean, I literally thought it was over. I didn't know how Nas could come back from that. And I agree. I, agree I just with that. I was and it's not like, you know, which is funny when I think about, you know, nowadays in hip hop where somebody disses somebody and they're like, oh, you know, a couple of days 
have to pass by. They got to get in the studio and they got to make another record. No, I mean, Nas Nas actually sat quiet for like nine months before he responded to Jay-Z. And I'll get into his response uh, because that also made my list. Um, But I thought it was over. I literally thought it was over for Nas. I didn't see any because in the line that I think (laughs) really stood out when he broke down Nas's career because at that particular time, you know, there was a lot of truth to saying, you know, that Nas had Illmatic and, you know, after that he went for the pop charts, you know, some people didn't like, you know, the second album as much as, as, as Illmatic. I, there are some people out there that actually think that's bad, which I think is crazy, but that's you know, neither here nor there. Um, but it's a um, solid album. Yeah, it's, it's, solid. Yeah, it's not I as bad it. as people make it, but I it's definitely it. no, not it's, it's, Well, you know, and I think you know he went for the pop charts too. You know, and right. um, you know you got the Lawrence joint, Lauren joint. Um, mm-hmm. If I rule the world, so he, Jay kind of broke down his career, and I think that touched the nerve. And I, I honestly, man, I thought it was over for Nas. I mean, Jay again, he was on top, and there was nobody hotter than Jay Z at the time, and. Um, takeover man was one of those it was one of those things man when you heard it the first time you just like whoa i can't believe this because like i said we heard the we heard the even though even those of us who did not go to the summer jam because keep in mind you know this was the internet really wasn't popping like it is now so you know we couldn't just go to twitter and find out you know see what happened on at summer jam you know there were reports about it you know i I think there was a video or something like that that came out later um, most of the stuff we found out later and we did hear the audio and again they cut the song off before the Nas verse and so it looked to me like Jay-Z set Nas up like he set Nas up and Nas took the bait and Jay-Z just punched them out and takeover man I I got it at number four yeah I mean I, I everything you said man is like I, it's taking me back to that time because when when I heard it because there's some rappers that you really don't think of as being in a battle mm-hmm. and Nas was one of those people prior mm. to that like right now a lot of people yeah post ether everybody's like oh yeah Nas can handle it but you weren't really sure right how Nas was going to be res- going to respond or if you be respond because Jay-Z is just a clever nigga mm-hmm. and sometimes Nas is too clever for his own good you know what I'm saying? Like, some ain't nobody trying to hear fucking <laughs> metaphysical cool, fucking cool shit. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we, if if somebody comes straight at you, you think, like, is Nas going to be able to do that? Is he going to really be able to respond in that manner? I mean, we found out, but at the time, you didn't know. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I always thought of these two, like, like Magic and Bird. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I said before that I don't like lopsided battles, it was one of those where it was like, no, both of these niggas can rap, though. So it's really and to your point about how long it took the the interesting thing and the fascinating thing about that is that we as fans were okay with waiting Nas. Yes. It didn't <laughs> it didn't matter to us. It, didn't matter. it, it wasn't like oh well, Nas lost because he didn't fucking respond by Thursday. This nigga Jay Z dropped it on Tuesday. Like it wasn't like that. It was whenever you come out, you need to address this shit. It's two years later. We just need to know that you weren't punked. That's mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And to his I mean to his credit, he did come back. You know what I mean? But it wasn't like we as fans were rushing him and pressuring him and telling him, you know, like given it wasn't like you said, it wasn't environment because Nas didn't know what the fuck we thought. He didn't care what we thought because there was no 
way for us to get on the internet and for him to read blogs and all this other shit that said, well, Nas lost the battle. It's like, nigga, I didn't even write nothing yet. Like, give mm-hmm. me a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. but this is one of those that actually didn't make my list. Okay. Okay. Not, not yeah, not that I didn't like it. It's just it did not actually make my list only because of the fact that I really that battle went it seesawed back and forth. Mm-hmm. And to this day, you can't get five people in a room who won that battle. <laughs> you just can't fucking do it. Thanks. And I think that's a testament to that battle. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's not really saying that Jay Z's better than Nas and Nas better than. I just think that's a testament to that battle of diss tracks that. They went and yeah, Jay Z got disrespectful, which to me there's no rules in battle. So none, none. Uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't give a Skeeted fuck with on your baby seat. Exactly. <laughs> hey, if you he wrote it. Right. As long as he made it rhyme, it's within the rules as far as I'm concerned. You know what I'm saying? But I really felt like that battle was so evenly yoked that I really couldn't it's hard and I know you said that, you know the response is on your list too and that's that was one of my problems okay because you can't really pick one without picking the other side because mm-hmm. they were so evenly it's impossible they were both really good responses mm-hmm. and like you and also like you said jay-z did set him up yo he set him up and before victim Nas showed out mm. Nas definitely showed up and showed out but again it was only one verse it was really one verse dedicated to Nas. yeah and the other shit was dedicated to Mob Deep. So it's kind of like, as a song, as a diss track, it's a good diss track, but, you know. Nah, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't make your list, but, that, but that's cool that you don't even have it. Was, it on, that's, I was close, I, but I, I see how. I see how. And it was, uh, I, I think, um, I was just amazed, man. I, I was, I was, I just kept playing it. I was like, man, I cannot believe it. And then, felt you know i was kind of torn because like again both of these are my guys like i I love both of them as mcs and i mean he just (laughs) he said use your brain been in this 10 i've been in it five smart enough nice four album in 10 years nigga i can divide divide. (laughs) (laughs) that's a one every (laughs) let's say two uh two of them was two of them shits was due one was nah the other was illmatic that's a one hot album every 10 year average what can you do about that man like if somebody come at you like that and that's why i said it's like it's hard because it's the truth when and it's funny because before jay said it i had never looked at it that way nope Nope. but then like it's like you want to be mad because now your nigga right exactly like why the fuck he gonna say that shit ain't don't do do it jay don't do it don't do it and then it's kind of true the, and then the cherry on top was the last line he said because you did you know who did what you know who let's just keep that and yeah. none of us knew what that meant nope uh, you know of course this was pre-tmz so we had no idea of knowing what this meant and so know. you know so if you're nas and you're hearing this you like fuck what the hell am i doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh, so yeah, that that's that's my fool, man. What what you got on your next one? Well, Jack the Ripper. I just put it that way. If yes. if there's if there's a a person out there that has to make, in my opinion, a top five. I don't care what song you pick, right? But I just feel like LL is one of them niggas yeah. that it just got to be. And Jack the Ripper is just my. It's not mom that knock you out. None of the is the ripper just because that shit was a fucking jam and he just happened to be going in 
now <laughs> he went in too. Yeah, and, and he never really he never really was he this was mostly subliminal. Mm-hmm. So like I said, not all of these fit all of that criteria, but when you hear that shit though, it's one of those songs where this nigga LL was just on his shit. And he's kind of it's one of those songs that put him in that untouchable mm-hmm. phase. Like don't mm-hmm. just don't yeah, fuck with LL. LL. Don't you don't want to battle. Don't fuck with him. Yeah, exactly. You never know what angle he gonna come from. And it's worse that even with him, you know, he was telling the truth. You know, I just don't think that Kumo D was really, really ready. Mm-mm. No, he, he I don't had think no he was really, was really coming. ready. Nah, I think he thought at some point LL was young and he was going to run out of gas. <laughs> and it became clear to us on the other side of the shit, everybody but Kumo D, that that wasn't going to happen. Gonna run out of gas. No, he was and like, crazy because he was just getting stronger. I'm getting busier. I'm double the platinum. platinum. You know I'm what I'm saying? Like, dizzier. what the fuck? <laughs> you know, you listen to a song like that and it's like, you're still thinking about some of the lights and he's already moved on to some mm-hmm. other shit to punch Kumo D in the face. And don't get me twisted. Don't get it twisted. Kumo D was a beast mm. at that time. Yes. However, <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't any match for, you know, James. That's just one of those songs that for me is really just an awesome fucking example of what the fuck LL can do when the nigga put his mind to mm-hmm. getting in your ass. <laughs> that's that's basically what it is. Mm. Yeah, I. It's funny. That I and and ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the reasons why I got this cat on here because most people wouldn't even pull that song, but that is a dope ass diss record. I mean, like he dissed the hell out of Kumo D. And well, like, or it's like, he, yeah, just yeah. Never <laughs> It's just never, you know what I'm saying? This got like said, five verses. The only thing like. that we could kind of grasp to when he said, "How you like me now? I'm getting busy. I'm double platinum. I'm watching you get dizzier." So that was, you know, Kumo D had the ah uh, song. Yeah. So that's yeah. how we kind of tied it in because he doesn't mention Kumo D's name, but we know that he's clearly talking about Kumo D. Yep. And um, this, you know, you know what's weird, man? I, every time I think about this song, I remember the first time that I heard it. I actually heard it on the radio. I know. That's an excellent point because one thing about a lot of these songs, like J- like Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. it wasn't like this environment now where you have mixtapes and SoundCloud and the mm-hmm. internet. You could mm-hmm. drop it on you. These have been diss tracks to this other nigga as singles. Yep. <laughs> like that's fucking crazy to me. That's crazy getting that you would drop up. Yeah, you get airplay. This nigga's getting spins. You collecting royalties. Off of this diss track, yeah, and then some. Sometimes a video mm-hmm. for the diss rap, like it's a single. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't think people really, really can comprehend the process in '88, '86, yeah. where your record label would sit down and choose with you, ideally, what your singles were going to be, the shit that was going to represent your album and push your album to platinum, double platinum, gold, whatever the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. And you submit a diss record. <laughs> To another nigga and they like yeah you know what i'm saying like they're like so <laughs> will it this exactly be the like that's not something that is common and it's hard it's harder than it sounds to make a disc record that's danceable that's mm-hmm. record playable that's jeep playable those in one record jack the ripper does all of those fucking things easily mm. you can seriously bump that shit in a club and if you really weren't paying attention to the lyrics and the context you just dancing your ass off. It's not really one of those songs like a hit 'em up where you ain't really dancing to that shit because you really is lyric 
heavy. You have to really listen to the context. Jack the Ripper, man, Bobcat, all of that shit was just perfect. Yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent, man. That that is a great song, man. Again, that be one of the records that I think one of many that LL just sent a message like, no, you you don't want to mess with LL. Exactly, you don't want to mess with LL. I mean, my boy Eclectic always calls he, uh, he always calls LL a goat. But but um, you know, but, there's a there's a case to be made for it. But I, I agree with you. you I don't. You think can make it, and and, and yeah. I always I always joke with him. You know, there's a case. I mean, I would never put him lyrically over somebody like Rakim. But when you look at his longevity and his impact and the whole all of the intangibles, you know, um, I, you get no argument from me about LL. He he's not like I said. I wouldn't call him the goat, but um. At this time, 86, 87, I mean, psh, other run DMC, maybe there there wasn't anybody. Well, I, I you can make a case that LL was as big or if not bigger. Um, I think definitely was. In the, yeah, definitely in the streets. Yeah. Um, again, Jack the Ripper, a, a disc record is getting airplay. <laughs> I didn't hear this on, I heard it on the radio. People <laughs> That's where I heard it. People were calling in at the, the, the little radio station in my hometown People were calling and it was like the number one at nine. <laughs> it was a That's crazy, number man. one requested song. Crazy. And and we both heard it the exact same way. Wow. The exact same way on the fucking radio. The radio. Like that is insane. Yeah. Nowadays you couldn't get somebody's disc record on the radio because you know it probably got a whole bunch of cussing and stuff in it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that's so that's where, where are you going from Jack the Ripper? I'm I'm gonna keep it in the eighties, man. Um the bridge is over. Oh, ADP. that was definitely on my list too. Yeah, uh, and we could talk. That was about in my it, honorable man. mention section, though. Okay, the over BDP. Um, I got that at three, man. It it's it helps solidify the bridge wars. Um, yep. KRS One, you can make a case, and he's often said it that had Marley Marl and MC Shan not responded to him, he would have never had a career. Uh, but he took umbrage in the fact that, you know, he took issue with the fact that they, you know, said that hip hop started in Queensbridge when it clearly started in the Bronx. And we all noted it. And Sedgwick um, Avenue. Yep. Sedgwick Avenue. Shout out to Cool Herc. Um, yep. But yeah, man, that this <laughs> he went through like the whole juice crew almost. Uh Dissing Marley Mall. Including Roxanne. <laughs> fuck up too. He said Roxanne Shante is only was fucking. <laughs> Right. Um, MC Shannon Marley Mall only really only bluffing like Dougie Fresh said I tell you you ain't nothing yeah. um, there's really not much I can say about this this is it's and to Ty's point if you go to a club and this comes on people dance <laughs> can't help it man because single. this that fucking song is could put in a dictionary the term boom bap mm-hmm. hip hop yep that song is it that that song is quintessential straight up stripped down it ain't much to the song you know what i'm saying and even if you look at the way the song is structured it's structured because it's like chorus verse verse mm-hmm. like that's weird you know what I'm saying for song structure, and he's coming so, in with this kind of Jamaican patois right. cadence, which exactly. was very different for hip hop in not something heard often at all. Oh, no, nah, you didn't hear that shit often at all, <clears throat> and and then he switched out of it. You know he did he did a lot on that, and I agree. Maybe he would not have had a a career, definitely not the career he's had, if it weren't for basically 
Shan and the Juice, mm-hmm. you know. And I've told you before that my my introduction to hip hop, at least as far as I can remember, was Kill That Noise. Wow. That's the first song that Sam. I remember. I remember being like knowing that it was hip hop. It wasn't fucking Rapper's Delight because honestly, I never fucking liked that song. <laughs> That's just me. I never fucking liked that song. Man, that song is like I, 17 minutes long, man. Yeah, it's like, nigga, what the fuck are y'all talking about? But, you know, I mean, aside from the message, because, mm-hmm. you know, again, for the youngins, in the mid-80s when I started listening to hip-hop, it wasn't really being played on the radio. Not New Orleans. I don't know about it, any place else. Maybe New York, it was being played on the radio. I don't fucking know. But you weren't hearing it on the radio. Not at that time. It wasn't very marketable. If you heard it, you had to stay up. Mm. like one o'clock in the morning to hear it right at that time people used to make tapes they used to dub tapes and a tape believe it or not would make it and from brooklyn all the way down to somebody in new orleans right and that was the first song on that tape i remember it like it was yesterday wow and i never really understood at the time i got it from my cousin my older i never really understood what he was talking about but you know that first time you heard real Mm hip-hop It caught you. Oh, no you were addicted. Period. And I heard kill that noise, and I mean, I played that shit over and over and <laughs> over and over. But I didn't know the context at the time. It was later on realized that it was, <laughs> you know, it was a bigger picture to the shit. Oh, no and doubt. And, we and it's funny now because I don't, even, I, I don't like that song half as much as I like the bridge is over now. Right, right. And, and usually, usually that's how it goes. And we didn't even know, like to your point, same, same, same here. You know, a tape would be made in Brooklyn or the Bronx and it would make it its way all the way to my hometown, Florence, South Carolina. And we didn't realize, like, I'd been to New York, so I knew, I mean, Queens, I knew it was the Bronx, I knew it was Long Island, so forth and so on, Brooklyn. But I didn't realize that, I didn't realize, like, the bridge wars that that was, like, really a thing. You know, like, people, when this song came out, like, people from Queens did Bronx, people from the Bronx didn't want to go Queens and vice versa. And I don't think I learned really about how deep that ran until I got to like college some 10, 11, 12 years later. And so, um, but yeah, that's, that's how it was. And to your point, us getting those tapes and stuff like that music was so, I guess the picture that we want to paint here is that music was so exclusive. When you got your hands on it, you cherished it. You just, you no relished doubt. in it and you just, I mean, like you wanted to listen to that over and over again because it wasn't something that was readily available. And, you know, not to, you know, even when you compare it to today, and I, I understand technology has changed a lot of stuff. So, yeah, you're not going to get hyped up about, you know, album by whoever that came out because, you know, all I got to do is go to iTunes or Spotify and pull it up. You know, there's, right. there's you know, there's nothing exclusive about it. Everybody got it. You know, it's just yeah, shit's shit's plentiful. It's everywhere yeah, now. It's, it's everywhere. commercials. It's playing at it's stadiums. Everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. So it's like if if uh, if the new Redman album comes out and let's say it comes out on Friday, and I'm like, Ty, did you hear it yet? You're like, Nah, I'll get to it. You know, I mean, you get is, to it, which is usually my response. <laughs> like, well, I get to that shit. You know, like at some point because I know it's gonna be, yeah, man, it's gonna be in a, the a, '80s. Exactly. You didn't know when they were going to yeah. ban it. Like it just felt like something that was going to be taken away from you. Exactly, exactly. So it it was like it was almost like a drug back then. Like you really, oh no doubt, yeah. When, when still, you got still your, is, yeah. For us, it is. You know, for us, yeah. it is. And and we still get that feeling. You know, years later, still listening to that music. You know, he, hearing "Kill That Noise" or hearing "Bridges Over" or "South Bronx." 
And again, and I was telling my my middle son Cameron, he's sixteen. Mm. I was telling him, I said, you know, I said if you listen to because he's into this hip hop now, he's getting the, the hip hop that we grew up on. And I was mm. telling him, I was like, the thing that you'll notice is is that is that there's nothing. If you listen to the sonics of the music that's actually being played, there's nothing dope about you know how the bridge is oversized. It doesn't musically. It doesn't. It, there's nothing. Uh, it's very stripped yeah, down. Very stripped down. You know, and they did the best that they could with whatever equipment they had to kind of put it together. So, Hell, I don't. I don't even think it starts on beat. The no. piano. I don't even think it's on beat or on key we when it first key. starts. <laughs> we yeah. ain't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. No. Still don't care. The imperfections make it perfect. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah, that's what I got at number three, man. The bridge is over. Um, what's your that's next? A, that's that's a real solid pick, man. Because that's that's one of those that, like you said, could, could I could imagine a lot of people just not even mentioning that song. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, that's definitely a, a the backbone of hip hop, right there. No I doubt. Mean. No doubt. So, what number am I on? This is my fourth. God damn. <laughs> so, for this one, um. This one I got on my list mainly because of the fact that it was more or less a surprise. Okay. Because of the way that it came about. And it's sort of like what I was like, this MC, you really didn't know how he was going to respond. You didn't know if he was going to be like, you knew he could, but you weren't really sure. But he needed to because at this point in hip hop, there was sort of a split between, you know, black rappers. We were still, we was getting into what's called the underground. Like mm. the, the era that we're talking about before, where it's LL and you know, the bridge is over. There was no such thing as an underground. It was just mm-hmm. rap and that was it. There was no mainstream. I mean, I guess you could consider Run DMC mainstream, but mm-hmm. to the rest of the world, they were still ground. Right. But my fourth one is the bitch in you by Common. Yes. So. Yes. This was one of those situations where Q already proven himself as being able to handle himself in a battle. This nigga basically. De- just decapitated NWA, right? Right. For Common to have an issue with him, and you like, I remember when it was Common Sense mm-hmm. first album. Can I borrow a dollar? Mm-hmm. And Common was not. He wasn't soft spoken, but he was more lyrical. He wasn't, you know, the native tongue type of nigga. Mm-hmm. You, you wasn't. You you weren't thinking of Common as being this in that situation where somebody's ass, right? So. You know, he makes this song, I Used to Love Her, and he made a reference to the fact that, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, because I don't want to rap the whole song, but basically when hip-hop went out to the West, basically she got this view. Mm-hmm. Cube took issue with that. And he, I don't know where he went wrong, because he started saying it basically like, you know, it didn't start in New York, it started in the West. He was just saying a whole bunch of reckless, incorrect shit, right? But to correct, he had a lot of pride for his, his home coast mm-hmm. he heard that lyric and he just fucking went off so him and his his version of the outlaws is <laughs> 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 you know they decide oh, they decide yes. they're they're west you know because they're west coast gangsters right. they're gonna jump on this dude mm-hmm. and what is cute what is, what is common really gonna do besides ball up and and Put his tail between his legs because you know you're lyrical. You're not that nigga that's gonna be the right. shit, right? Or so they thought. And so, Common comes back with a song and names Cube in the first fucking line. Yes, there's no mistaking. So for us at that time, and I'm gonna say us because there were a lot of us 
that loved Common mm-hmm. and eventually loved, you know, Mos and Daylight and yep, Tribe yep. and all of these dudes that they weren't violent, they weren't talking, they were on another plane. Jungle Brothers and all that, Native Tongues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're sitting around listening to your Black Sheep tape or whatever, <laughs> and somebody lets you know that Q, that, that Common responded to Cube. Okay. Well, let me hear this shit. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm imagining, say it, you know, sort of subliminally, but be real clever about it. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not at all. If you, if you haven't heard this song, do yourself a favor. Go to fucking YouTube yeah. after this show is over and pull that shit up because yep. it is a blistering, like, just diss track. It's just straight up. Um, And I, I really do believe that because I think I think that ended it, didn't it? Yeah, that was it. I, I don't think they ever responded. I don't think Cube could have responded. And Cube can rap his ass <laughs> off. Maybe, right? Or, but, or, was, or was it? Did was that when Farrakhan got in between? I think Farrakhan did. Okay. But you okay. know, for me, for me, I always felt like that was a good excuse. That wasn't a reason. You know, like people don't necessarily stop you from doing what you do. It's kind of like this whole thing with Jay Prince and and Drake and <laughs> and like okay, so somebody came out the woodworks and told you stop because you're right, going in his nigga right, career. Right. Oh, okay, all right. Right. But right. Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. you had right, okay. But we, you know, I was rooting for Common because I thought he was the underdog. Mm-hmm. I realized quickly from that song, from the bitch in you, he was he was not an underdog. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker was playing possum the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I loved it to death. Like that's really, really close. I would say if I had to rank it, it's definitely two or three for me. Top two or three. Mm. Man, you. This is amazing. I figured that we would probably have uh, at least two or three. It looks like we we probably just going to have one um, that are the same. <laughs> we, we know that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I think you said it best, man. I mean, because I remember Can I Borrow a Dollar? Um, mm-hmm. I remember the second album, Resurrection. And like you said, both, both good albums. Yeah, very good albums. And I mean, like Common was—he wasn't that guy. Like you would have never thought he was a rough and rough cat. And so, you know, for Ice Cube, and and we never really got the backstory as to why Ice Cube felt offended by "I Used to Love Her" or the the line "And I Used to Love Her." I mean, you li- and, and that song is a, a classic. It's one. It's probably a, you know, depending on who you ask, it's a top ten hip hop song. Um, right. From what I heard, though, Cube did say, I don't know if it was on MTV News okay. with Kurt Loder or some stupid shit like that, but I remember him saying that he took issue because he felt like Common was saying that, you know, throughout the song, throughout that timeline of the song, that everything went negative okay. for okay. hip hop when it came out to the West. Like it came out to the West and they fucked it up. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. So he had a problem with Common portraying hip hop as being pure and the best. And then when it came out to the West, they corrupted her when he said, you know, she was uh, hanging with the boys in the hood. And now she rapped about switches and blunts and all of that other shit. Right. So, Cube, you know, offense to it. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I understand sort of how he took offense to it. But I think he blew it out of proportion. And I think he blew it out of proportion because he thought that this, this was an easy win. I think that he really thought, OK, we're going to just jump on this nigga in this nigga career real mm-hmm. quick and shut him up we're gonna chino excel him real quick and <laughs> shut him the chino fuck up and it'll be over right and it did it didn't go that way at all man you you just took me back with that man that that is so true and that's that's 
that speaks volume like how the mentality was in hip hop. And I'm I'm pretty sure because I never heard that story about you know why he took offense to it. But if you yeah. listen to the lyrics, you can understand. And if you were around in that time, you can understand from perspective how he came to feel that way. There was a lot of people that felt that way, like okay, you know these cats out west, you know that ain't you know they wasn't rap, you know they were already you know different if you will and they sounded different and they looked different and, and they weren't rapping about things the cats on the east coast were rapping about mm-hmm. and so you know there was already that type of inferior inferiority superiority type complex and then for common to say what he said cube to take issue with it and yeah you're right i think cube wc and mac 10 felt like okay we're just gonna lyrically beat this dude up and he ain't gonna say shit Man, when I and they it, had that image. Oh they also had the image to back it up. So exactly. I think they thought, you know, we we OG don't say shit to us because you some nigga from Com- <laughs> from Cal- from Chicago. You know, you wearing fucking crochet dude. pants or whatnot. <laughs> you ain't gonna say shit, nigga. But they were wrong. Oh you know, God. and the funny thing about it is, is that I think in any ways, because I think that the way Common came out with his first shot, mm. I think they kind of took a step back and was like, well, what's this nigga's second shot yeah. going to sound like? Yeah, like, do we really want to go in this? Because honestly, let's be truthful. WC can't rap, okay? Let's just get that out of here. Sound of two names. Mac 10, Mac 10, on a scale from 1 to 10, I would say is a 6 at best. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say about 6. Yeah. yeah, I don't think, I mean, if you're he's talking. Decent. In, he's decent. He's decent, but when I'm, I guess when I'm ranking him, I'm talking about in a long running battle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you really want no. Mac 10 in your no, fucking. No, he, he ain't Ice Cube. You don't. No. Yeah, Ice Cube is the only dude that you know if a battle comes, if it's going to be a lyrical battle and you just want that nigga to just keep popping out songs on target, it's Cube. Yeah, Cube That's goes. it. That's it. And I don't think that Cube was really anticipating a long, drawn out shit with, like a scuffle with fucking. <laughs> I just don't, and I don't think he would have won. No matter what he would have said, no, he would not have had because, unfortunately for Cube, Common had a lot more ammunition because Cube mm-hmm. had been out fucking ten years, mm-hmm. and he had a lot of shit he could say about Cube. And he, and he Cube did, didn't have he that. Put it all out there. <laughs> he put right. it all out there. All right, and it was a great. It was just a great song for oh, what man. it was intended for. Yeah, man, I, I love that joint, man. That, like you said, I, I was more surprised. That that probably one of the most surprising disc records that I heard because it just you didn't really think that there was going to be a response to to the West Side Connections uh, song, and right. you know when Common came and he came hard. I mean, like he was calling him out. He ain't even care, and it was just like gave off that persona. Like, okay, if y'all want to do this, we can do this, and I and I got rhymes for I got bars for days, and. I think it's not by coincidence that Minister Farrakhan stepped in and like, hold up, you know, we we, we got to squash this. And, you know, you had two pillars in, in hip hop. Common wasn't the superstar at the time. He was common sense at the time. He wasn't the superstar that he is now as far as hip hop is concerned. Not even close, um, no. You know, and but he was he had a voice and he had a following. And you know, the last thing, you know, Q and Q was riding a high, you know, so he knew that this is probably gonna be an easy win common showed him an eye. <laughs> I got and it was it lot. was it was a it was definitely a knockout like mm-hmm. oh, you no. know it wasn't hard at all and i mean i don't remember what happened first or second but i think it made q vulnerable um because you know that shit he had with cypress hill 
Mm. I think Cypress Hill came afterwards. I'm pretty sure that came afterwards. But I, I think a lot of people afraid. I think when Cube did his thing with NWA, that was one thing. Everybody was like, he had the LL aura. Like, don't mm-hmm. fuck with Cube. Yep. This nigga will end your fucking career. But, you know, I think Common and to a lesser degree Cypress Hill kind of proved like, you know, you can get at this nigga if you really, because it's only so much he can do. He's only one dude. He don't have a, he don't have a, a strong crew at all. Right. He right. doesn't have. He ain't got a lot of backup. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh man, that that is a great one. Um, my number two earlier, man, Ether. Um, again, I I thought Nas was dead. I I didn't think. I just knew there was no way he could come back from this. Agreed. And given the fact that he waited like eight to nine months before he even responded. Uh, a lot because and again you know different day and time I mean you know there was no social media so when we didn't hear from Nas L probably a lot of us probably thought he was dead not literally yeah. but you know his career career was that's, that's close to a year yeah yeah that's long, a long I mean. time and then yeah. if you think about it that's usually about how you know artists back then would put out albums so you know maybe we probably looking back on it should have known that something was coming but at that point we just didn't know what Nas had left in and you know, this song with the fact that I think the album that Nas had before this out al- before this song was Nostradamus, mm-hmm. <sighs> bruh. Because Nas and I, I love Nas. Nas yeah. is is one of the greatest lyricists of all time. But Nostradamus, you could have kept that one. Yeah, there. Even now, when I listen to it, there's two songs I listen to it on the album. That's it. I won't listen to any other songs on the album. It's just that man. And and it's not and the knock it with Nas had always been, you know, it wasn't necessarily whether or not he could rap. We know he could he rap his ass off. But right. his beat selection and some of the tracks and you know, just how his flow just didn't match with some of the music that he chose. And you know, here it is. So he drops Nostradamus, Jay Z comes back and just comes with this crazy uppercut, knocks his ass into the ropes out of the ring, basically. <laughs> we think he's done. And I'll never forget my boy Zell, Zell Zell called me and he had he heard I think he heard Takeover not I'm sorry he heard Ether on a clue tape so he got the clue tape and he's playing it for me over the phone so you can tell how distorted this shit sounds yeah. so I'm listening to I'm hearing it over the phone for the first time and I'm like okay he's like yo he killed Jay Z killed him like no, he didn't. I was like, I can't. I can barely hear what he's saying. He's like, well, he said this, da 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 da, da and telling me everything. And I'm like, nah, J one. And so, I don't know, man. I scrambled, scrambled, went a couple of places because you know, back in the day, you had to kind of bounce around to try to find your mixtapes. And so, I was still in Orangeburg at South Carolina State University, and to my man who normally has a hookup on mixtapes, and I bought the tape. And the first song that was on there was uh, was Ether. And I listened to it, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what is this? And like you said earlier, you could get five people in a room, and you nobody's going to agree as to who won that battle. I will admit on my podcast that I initially said that Jay-Z won. Looking on, ain't no way in hell Jay-Z won. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you say Jay-Z won, I... I I'll listen to you, but I think Nas yeah. won. Um, I think I think there's a there's a case somebody could probably try to make that says Jay Z won, but the fact that Ether became a verb, right, right, like more more people remember 
Jay Z being ethered, ethered right. than anything else. You know what I'm saying? And like I the think fact that, that he had song, to come with Super Ugly after yeah, Ether exactly, Drop, and exactly. Super Ugly wasn't. I mean, he could have kept that shit. So right. that right there, then and of itself, it was a, that was a desperation track. Exactly. Like he was just kind of like, I gotta say something, exactly. but it wasn't. It wasn't takeover. It wasn't like that. Like you, you versus for takeover <laughs> right. and drop one, <laughs> okay, and then save them for when this nigga came back because. Yeah, Super Ugly was like one of those is like, wonk, wonk. Right. Yeah, and even to the point okay. where his mom, his own mother made him go to Hot 97 and, uh, and apologize basically on the radio. She was just like, nah, that's too much. Like, you you, you, you out of line. And so... At, le- at least he didn't write a statement. He didn't have a PR. <laughs> that would fucking whack. If that, if that should ever have happened. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, he... It was so much Nas said in that. I mean, he said... Uh, he said, and his manuscript just sounds so stupid when KRS already made an album called Blueprint. Blueprint. First, Biggie's your man. Then you got the nerve to say you're better than Big. Dick sucking lip. Why don't you let the late great veteran live? Um, that was huge because up until that point, the streets were very critical of Jay-Z using Biggie's verses in his rhyme. Now, Jay went on to say that you know he would use a big verse you know, as a him paying homage and respect to his brother that was, you know, tragically killed. But the streets didn't see it like that. The streets felt like he was biting and using Biggie's lines and some of his shine, even in his death. And Nas just really picked apart that one one particular line and just, you know, it was almost like he was just picking at each little thing. Like he, it was almost like he wrote down a list of shit to say about Jay-Z. And he was like, okay, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to give me a little bit of this. Checklist. <laughs> I'm gonna check all just the checking boxes. them off, and yeah. um, and I mean he he just I'll put it like this: the fact that Jay Z was able to stand and still have a career after Ether says a lot about Jay Z as well. You know, so even in even in defeat, I think he still won. I mean, obviously he won the he won the battle, but he I mean Nas won the battle, but Jay but he lost the war because I ended up signing with you know, Jay-Z or whatever. And, and I guess they, I'm, they've never said it publicly, but I'm sure they probably agreed to never perform those songs again or whatever like that. Um, right. Cause I've never heard Nas perform that, you know, since they quote unquote squashed the I beat. Think, I really think they, they serve, it served a greater purpose though. Cause I think for it, it solidified both of them being around pretty much in hip hop forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, no question. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't get rid of Nas without getting rid of Jay-Z and vice versa. Like if you keep one around, you got to get the other around cause they're tied together three as having an epic battle mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's just it's kind of hard to talk about any disc record and not talk about that exchange oh no question and, and you touched on it earlier i think even then in 2018 at the time of this recording when people talk about beefs and disc records that's the first thing that they go back to oh well you know this is nice but it ain't it ain't either and takeover right you know right. so you they're, they're synonymous so i couldn't have one in, in without the other um, but yeah man this this is this is right it, it, i got it at two man it, it is a phenomenal disc record um and he came with the facts i mean he came with the facts and he laid it out and he just he aired and you know to the point where J and Again, Nas waited, like I said, eight, nine months to drop this. And I think after this came out, I want to say Super Ugly came out in like two days. <laughs> so Jay, Jay was like. It was, yeah, he had to. He, had to, he was like, oh, shit. I can't wait. I can't. 
I can't let this shit rest. This <laughs> niggas talk about it too much. I'm, I'm literally r- riding around here. Niggas play ether from their <laughs> fucking car stereos. I gotta drop something. I gotta get this shit off of me. Right. Maybe Super Ugly will do it. Yeah. Nope. So I mean, nope. it, it's it goes what I say. Like you said, ether is now a verb. So I mean, like people yeah, talk about it's... they use the word ether, and they don't even necessarily have to be talking about rap per se. Right. So right. Um, so that that too. Um. All right, man. And so, one, one, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. One last thing on that, though. I, I do think it can't be overstated that the environment at that time was that I think most Nas fans didn't know how he was going to respond. We prayed, mm-hmm. but excited. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody saw this coming. No. no. You know what I'm saying? Like, this wasn't like, like, you know, after a couple of years, everybody pretends that they knew Nas was going to be able to. No, nobody fucking knew that. Even the biggest. Don't let them, no, don't let them lie to that. you. Nobody knew. I think everybody knew Nas would eventually respond, but I think that we all thought it was going to be so complex and so mm-hmm. story late <laughs> that it wasn't really going to be something that we could last nigga kill Jay Z. Like I don't, I thought we, I think most of us thought he would definitely respond, and it would definitely be clear he was going to respond to Jay Z. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody saw Ether coming. Yeah, I, I just, and I think I that's the reason why it's. Yeah, I think that's the reason why it is where it is. Most people didn't see him coming that hard, that direct, that focused, and making no and being factual. I don't think anybody saw all of those boxes being checked from Nas. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I'm saying? New York State of Mind, Nas. Yeah, I don't think yes. I rule the world, Nas. I don't think you saw that from that guy, but mm-hmm. he did it. And as a result, you really didn't see anybody trying to test either one of them. Not seriously. No. You know, there's some clowns come along every now and again, but not serious lyricists that people decide. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna try to test Nas. Mm-hmm. No, you probably won't. You probably don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, this, before this was... Ether, maybe, but not after Ether. Post Ether, you don't want to do that. Right, shit. right. This was Ali Frazier. You know, this right. this was that's exactly what this was. This was Ali Frazier. Both of them, you know, and if you can look, you can look at the track record. I think it went on to because obviously this song appears on the Stillmatic album, which is an incredible album. So yeah. it got Nas back on track as from. Um, and you know, it solidified Jay Z, you know, because he was able to take that punch and he still stayed on top. And, um, you know, and they both went there and they both kind of ascended after that, even more so than where they were. And, um, just casual, casual hip hop fans, the ones that were kind of spectators, mm-hmm. you know, the niggas that just be they they own it only when it's hot. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them actually heard that song and got sucked up into the drama. And realize that these dudes are really lyrics. That's why Jay-Z is so special. That's why Nas is so special. Niggas ain't been talking about Nas since 92 for no fucking reason. Right. This is the reason why. Exactly. Exactly. This is the reason. The same reason why I know that right now nobody better not mention LL. Yeah, NCIS <laughs> and all that other shit. But guess what? You better not fucking do it. Because I wholeheartedly that he could come out and rip somebody a new ass. Man. I believe that at 50 years you know old, what I'm saying? he'll do it right now. It, exactly. And that's, and that's still based off of what? Jack, Jack the fucking <laughs> <laughs> the song is older than the nigga that probably would test yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But exactly. but I know he could do it. And you don't want to find out whether or not he could do it. And I think Nas and Jay Z will be in that same class. That mm-hmm. that ether and takeover is gonna put them in that class where it's like, Yeah, they're old, maybe out of touch in your opinion, but I wouldn't test them. Nah, you, you can't you can't test them. I mean, for one, nah. they, and they're they're lyrically on such a level to where they're they're not going to respond to anybody, you know. I mean, if, if Nas, Nas ain't paying attention to that, 
you know, all so. you can do is make him famous, and that's the that's the downside mm-hmm. of these battles, exactly. these diss records, is because if you diss if you get dissed by somebody who doesn't matter, you know, machine uh, machine gun Kelly come along, all you can do is make this nigga famous. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you can do. You can't you can't loot. You can't. Nope. You cannot win that battle. You the know, only battle you can win is unless you're going against another heavyweight such as such as yourself. That's it. Yeah, that's the only way. And on a side note, it just made me think about. I, I promised myself I wouldn't talk about Drake and um, Pusha T. <laughs> but but just one Go short ahead. one short thing. I've always felt like there was no way either one of those guys could lose that battle. I think I said it on our podcast. I don't remember if I did or didn't. But I never thought that it was a way that Pusha T could lose that battle mm-hmm. and Drake could lose that battle because fans are looking for something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Pusha T's camp is looking for straight up authenticity. That's it. That's it. You're looking for lyrical content. You're looking for real hip hop shit. Drake's never going to win that battle. That's your standard. Mm-hmm. Drake's camp is looking for hits. Mm-hmm. They're looking for mainstream. This nigga can make the club, you know, the club bangers. Pusha T is never going to be that guy. Nope. So he can't win that battle. So no matter how long they went back and forth, be disrespectful, whatever, each guy was gonna be right where they started, right where they started. The yeah and, and you know what's you, funny is that like and, and I, I tell anybody i think at least for me i think push it well i know for a fact push a t yeah he did but i think but but see that's based on our standards yeah it's based, exactly, gonna be based looking, on my standards because yeah like, I, I, no, I don't care nothing about kiki <laughs> i don't really give, don't give a damn about no kiki but you know but being on twitter man and you know you and i we talk about this stuff and we because we're hip hop heads, like we'll talk to each other about hip hop on Twitter, but we really don't try try not. We, to get We regularly into it. ignore ninety nine percent of Twitter when it exactly. comes to hip hop. It's like yo, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What the fuck you're gonna say? Okay, and and I don't need right. to know where right. you're coming from. So <laughs> I, why get into an argument? I already know I'm gonna get into when I just end this shit by ignoring you. Ignore you. I remember when some some dude tweet he's, he uh, sent me a mention, and uh, who is Pusha T? <laughs> I was like, bro, if you're a Drake fan and you got to ask who Pusha T is, no, nah, we don't need to talk. We don't need Not to talk. We, we can just keep it like it is, bro. You you just keep you keep doing whatever it is you do. And I, and I had to I had to go look. I'm like, okay, this this person follow because if they followed them, <laughs> but they didn't follow me. You couldn't even block. Yeah, I couldn't just even block. Like, I was like, nah, got to ignore this cat. Ignore this fool. But, it's um, like you got to take classes to catch up to me to be able to, t- to to have a conversation like that because you know not no means do I believe I'm some hip hop guru or anything I I just know what I know I know what I've experienced mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying musically but there's a lot of shit I don't know right there's a lot of classic albums classic verses I've never heard them I mean, there's a lot of classic albums I don't own I'll be truthful mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying I don't know it but there's certain things that if you've enough you've been in a culture long enough there's certain things that you know a one from the beginning who Drake is mm-hmm. and from the beginning you know who Pusha T is you know where this battle's going you know what's gonna you kind of can see it you know and that was just one of those things but like I said I I, I promise I wasn't gonna talk about them cats because they really don't belong <laughs> you know I, I don't feel like they really belong in this nah, conversation nah. because that was some other shit that the best I could say about that is it it was reminiscent of some of the older shit where niggas mm-hmm. actually just really got on the mic yeah. and said what the fuck they felt and was direct about it. But outside of that, this it you know that shit wouldn't even make my top twenty. Much less, and talk. that's that's what I was telling people on Twitter. I was like, nah, it's not. I mean, the minute Drake got on there and said, you know, well, you can't make it personal. You you, you know, huh? There's roots to the shit. Like what? Who told damn, you bro. that? <laughs> Who 
told you you got you don't have no friends around you partner yeah yeah somebody not, not no friends that know you. No and here's the thing like he's connected to jay prince i'm like you talking about it come on man if ever there was a person that knows there's no rules <laughs> should have been jay prince to tell you man that shit gets tough sometimes my nigga you right. make the you know statement yeah. response yeah exactly exactly he released a statement on the the black faith which i thought was i mean to me that that's what warranted a more deeper statement than anything else was the blackface cover. I mean, right, you know, exactly. Having yeah, having, a son, having a son from a, a IG model, a strip. You know, I mean, that's that's your business, but shit happens. Yeah, you know but what the saying? blackface, you know, yeah. you can't claim that that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Ooh. a slip up. That was no, that I was, and I mean, he he explained it with an excuse. And the reason I said that's fine is because people like me and you, it doesn't matter. We're not going to listen okay. to his music any more or less than we did before. And his fans are not going to care. Nope. Nope. So nothing's going to change. He's you know still going to stream seven gazillion streams and he's still going to be popular. There's no accountability in hip hop. Mm. No, there's accountability. You got motherfuckers that, that, that they, they will actually defend a rapist. You mm. know, they don't, there's no, you want to talk about no rules. There's no rules in hip hop in general. So don't say that there's no, that there's rules in battle rapping, but you better than any rules or any accountability, but mm-hmm. and look, I'm not gonna get on a rant about that. <laughs> fucking, right, we, fucking Drake. We ran on, on damn Drake. Yeah. Um, number one for me, man. I'm pretty sure it's on your list. No Valentine. Absolutely. Um, that's the only one I was sure about. Yeah, I, <laughs> I all, knew that's the only one I was sure we about. would have this. I, I yeah. thought we might have more, but I, uh, given the fact that you, that this is the only one that we have, that's that makes it even better for the for the podcast. I think. Um, Man, I guess the, the thing I could, say, what, no thing, what can I say about it? I, I guess the biggest thing is to paint the picture for those who weren't around, you know, end up the world's most dangerous crew, right? And so Ice Cube, for those, and I'm pretty sure most of you listening saw the movie if you weren't around, um, you know, he leaves for, you know, given the fact that he, because he wasn't getting paid. And at that time, yeah, we had heard of, you know, singers leaving groups to go solo but there was no rappers leaving no groups to go solo <laughs> you know what i'm no. saying usually groups just broke up yeah they just like broke bad up. boys would just break up and nobody made me sick no more i quit okay we all quit and that was the thing and you got out of the contract like that but for cube to leave and then you know he was going about his business and then they make a dish record calling benedict arnold a whole right. nine and so when we hear no vaseline God, man, God damn! I'm glad y'all said it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my gosh! I I don't even know where to start. I mean, like he rips every asshole. I mean, everybody. He said because you let a Jew break up my crew. Now that was cold as hell because in hip hop, mm. you know, it was very common that you know. We as blacks were fine, but the people that were making the money, you know, were white Jewish and white and Jewish men. And right. so when he said that, I was like, whoa. I remember the first time I heard, I was like, whoa, he say that? Again, I, I can go into the lyrics. But <laughs> he killed me with, I never had dinner with the president. I oh, never had dinner easy, with the yeah. president. Right. Easy E had dinner with the late George. Reagan. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it Reagan, Reagan or Bush? Was it Reagan or Bush? I can't remember it. I thought it was Reagan, but it might have been Bush. It probably was Bush. Either I don't way, know. Fuck, I don't remember now. He had dinner with the president. 
Yeah. You can't be a gangster rapper having dinner at the White House with the president unless it's Barack Obama. I mean, and we were we were a long way away. From yeah, we were. That. Yeah, we 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 ain't know the the possibility of Obama could even exist. No, but he had dinner with the and that was facts. And yeah. so now it makes you as a street guy look like a rat, a snitch, or whatever the case is. You're dining at the White House, Jerry curl, <laughs> Jerry curl down with a, a tuxedo on. Um, man, he. What's really interesting about this for me is that I was a huge NWA fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, Same after here. NWA and the Posse, like from 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 straight out of Compton, I believe these guys. Yes, <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying. Like it, it was within no wrong NWA could do. I love that shit. I still love it. You know what I'm saying. I still listen to it. I don't know why, but I do. I still I still love the music, right? Mm-hmm. So once Q, you know, it came out that he was leaving. You, you would think, you know, because like you said, that was not really, that was uncharted territory. It wasn't mm-hmm. something that happened every day. So you really didn't know, okay, well, he's going to leave and I guess he's going to fucking retire. I don't know. I mean, he's going to go solo. So what, I don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to get other niggas to rap and take their place? And are they going to get some? Like, we didn't know. Not really. But when they dropped 100 miles and running, it was pretty clear that they weren't, they were feeling some type of way about it. And, you know, so, okay, this is not one of those situations where these niggas is getting along. They not only have broken up, but they they don't like each other no more. Right. So, like you said, when No Vaseline came out, the miles and running was, you know, was, you know, the Benedict Arnold and all mm-hmm. of that shit. It was it wasn't one of those things where they just tried to drop a bomb on cue. They just addressed it, said what they had to say. And that was the end of it. You know, like it wasn't at the level of No Vaseline. No. It was like into me like NWA threw a rock at Cube's house and he went and burned their shit down. <laughs> you know, like was that the appropriate response, Cube? Like, right, right, right. We you know, but come like that. Yeah, no. But it and like you said, he picked them off one by one by one by one, and it was all pretty much as far as we could tell, factual to the point where basically, I I, I still believe that that one song spawned the best NWA album in my because Dre went into that studio motivated like a motherfucker mm-hmm. when they made niggas for life yeah yeah and I just I think that was the album. that album was good front to back I really think they should have just left out the the cube references mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying lyrically yeah it was something to be desired but it still was a hot ass album you know what I'm saying so I, cube really I think I think he pretty much put the nail in their coffin. Yeah. Because even with that hot ass album, they really couldn't sustain. I mean, it got to the point where they started fighting each other. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because because like, everything that he brought up about their contracts, true, was true. Yeah. And they started realizing it. And once they started realizing it, how can you continue to wait? Nope. How can you? Now you want to leave, right? So now you're listening to this record. You want to diss the guy, but then at the same time, what he's saying is fact, and you're realizing it. You're looking at your contract, and now you want to leave, and now you feel just like this motherfucker. <laughs> He's, you know what I'm saying? He said, get rid like, of that devil real simple. Put a bullet in his temple. Beat a nigga for life crew with a white Jew telling you what to do. What to do. Pulling wolves with your scams. Now got to play the silence of the lambs with a midget who's a punk too. Trying to fuck me, but I'd rather funk you. Eric right into something getting fucked that night by Mr. Shitpacker. Bend over for the goddamn cracker no Vaseline. And ends it. 
told them niggas that they they get money out their ass like a motherfucker ready, ready to tell them. <laughs> you know, oh like every every single line of that song was extremely like Q was on one when he when yeah. he did that. Like I don't know if he ever get like I said. And for those who are listening, this is the reason why responding to this guy because mm-hmm. that happened afterwards mm-hmm. was so amazing because mm-hmm. we knew this was no Vaseline Ice Cube that decided to deal with what essentially was a backpack rapper mm-hmm. and comma showed up so you know I, no Vaseline I, I just you know that that's probably the pinnacle yeah. of, of this records for me same here same here. I mean it's personal but it's factual <laughs> I mean like it, he didn't fab- you go through line, fabricate anything in this everything was his truth and to the point of you know NWA never af- came with another official disc record to to respond how could they who was gonna write it <laughs> you know who was gonna write that shit a- after Cube left the strongest lyricist they had was Ren and that's nope. not really saying that much nope. nope you know that's all they had Dre Dre had to get somebody to write his lyrics Easy had to get somebody to write his mm-hmm. lyrics. That's Ren. Yep. And you it's know? not to say Ren's dope, but no, but you stretch too thin. You yep. got to write all these lyrics, and yeah, you might have ghostwriters here and there, mm-hmm. but that's hard. That's really difficult when you're just writing regular material. But then when you got two other niggas talking about write for that nigga for me, right. like yo, <laughs> <laughs> and you make a you made a good point. I never really thought about it. If they leave Cube out of the if they leave the Cube references out of Niggas for Life album. Then maybe that's not the last. Well, I guess the contractual stuff. Maybe it probably would be, but still, that was a, so. Really, we only get two NWA if, as great as NWA is Hall of Famers. We only get two albums. I mean, now their impact is far felt, and I mean, you know, that says a lot, though. It does. That says a yeah. lot out of two albums. I guess you could say three because the NWA and a posse, right, 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 album. But I don't, I don't really count that with like seven niggas on the cover. I didn't know who was in the <laughs> group, but who wasn't. Too. But, Everybody. Yeah. Right, but yeah, so you, we we could say two albums, and to change the entire landscape of hip hop, really did that with one album, honestly. Yeah, yeah, they did. They they really did that with Straight Outta Compton, mm-hmm. you know. And the music, I mean, the movie, for a lot of people, I don't want anybody to get the impression that you could really get the from that movie. It doesn't. No. It it, it gives you kind of a backstory. That's a dramatization, yeah. but really. The music is the best way to figure that shit out. If you just listen to it in chronological order, you'll know. You'll know mm-hmm. who these niggas was and what they was about. And just factor in the fact that a lot of us believe that they were who they were. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, I mean, everybody they shot or beat up. <laughs> yeah. We believed, we believed it. We believed it on that, I mean, on that, on that first album. It was 1988, album. man. We, we didn't have no internet. We ain't had no choice but to believe that what they, because I mean, we, you weren't living in LA. I wasn't living no, in LA. So, I mean, not at all. I had to take their word for it. Yeah. I, gang life there were no gangs in florence south carolina in 1988 um and and they were on mtv with fucking ak-47s yeah yeah. you know this is not it's not like i said sophisticated enough at you know pre-teens and shit to know that that's marketing Mm -hmm. that's a p that's an image Mm -hmm. you don't know that you just know these niggas talk about shit on the album and then he you know he got a fucking gun skill like Yep. They really live like this. These yep. niggas are really real. Like they hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Right. Um. Let me see. I got some. I got some honorable mentions. I'll just run them down. Um. Hell, you Tim named it. you named a couple of them. Uh, Tim. You're, go you're, you're gonna go with Tim Dog. <laughs> no, 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 not Tim Dog. Didn't make it. <laughs> uh, ten percent diss. Um. Right. 
Jack the Ripper, Against All Odds. Uh, mm-hmm. Who shot you, Biggie? Um, you and see, was that that one particular that particular track? I never really felt like that was a diss record. You know what? When I look back at it, because I try to look at the, it came out shortly after Pop got shot. And people always attribute this to him dissing Pop. Right. But wasn't it recorded before Pop got shot? I think it was. But I think I think it was just this, bad or it's bad really, timing. I, don't know. I was about to say bad timing, but I was like, knowing Puffy, it was advantageous timing. Right, right, right. So I always kind of kind of counted it as a diss, even though he really doesn't mention Pop, but um, you know that beat was that yeah. beat was simple. gosh yeah so the the streets always you know kind of lean toward that being a diss so I, I so it, it wouldn't make my top 10 but I, it makes my honorable mention um right. and uh last but not least uh dre day um i like mm. dre day i always like dre mm. day so the, those, yeah. those are my honorable mentions you you said i know you got a few more yes i do but you, you know it so dollars and cents from uh mm. dj quick okay that you know, DJ Quick was always one of them cats that I'm a fan of as well. Like, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really never knew where people stood on DJ Quick. I never really gave a fuck. I like Quick. You know what I'm saying? I like Quick. And yeah, so Quick had an issue with MC8. I don't really remember what the fuck the reasoning was. But just like I was talking about with NWA, I believed MC8 as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I never doubted. I never doubted MC8, right? But particular song he he just he just really took mc8 apart lyrically mm-hmm. and i mean quick can rap his ass off so it, it wasn't one of those situations where you know he was afraid it was just that that's just a really good a really good track to me um second round ko by cannabis ah, yes yes <laughs> that one that had to be on that just because yes. of the fact that kind of like in that in that scenario to me cannabis is taking that common role whereas like who the fuck is ever gonna get close to LL? Mm. And like we said earlier, you don't fuck with LL. Nope. You don't fuck with LL. Don't pull on Superman's cape. Leave this nigga alone, right? I think that's the closest anybody's ever gotten mm-hmm. to to really touching LL. Mm-hmm. I think that's the close as as far as I can remember. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that think anybody's that ever got Yeah, I don't know about that. I, yeah, I don't no, know. I wouldn't that, say that he but, won, but I, yeah, second round knockout was, bruh. He he did his thing and he he came with the facts. He he went right at LL and he didn't he didn't back down. So, you, and for a young nigga, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. he, for 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 him to be, I mean, because that that shit started just because he, I mean, of the four three two, uh, track that basically LL kind of punked him, took his fucking verse off and shit. Yeah, that was whack. Yeah, it was whack, but it, it was a it was like one of those veteran things. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I guess LL was a prima donna at the time, but honestly hadn't he earned it you know what i'm saying he was a fuck you know i mean hip-hop wise no he shouldn't have done it but i applaud cannabis for not taking that shit laying down and just be like well he's the veteran and i'ma just no the nigga was like fuck you fuck you i'ma <laughs> write some shit oh i mean obviously you know ll responded but i think that's the closest anybody's ever got yeah because i don't i don't think ll got close i don't think i mean ll um kumo d ever got close i don't think any of his other challenges ever really got as close as cannabis i agree i agree totally so um so that was a sense uh the the uh second round knockout and uh one of my other ones was big mama from uh roxanne shante okay so she, she dissed everybody everybody <laughs> <laughs> 
and that's why i like it because you know at some point you do you do have to realize that a lot of these mcs are human mm -hmm. and at this particular moment roxanne shantae really had spent a lot of time not getting any her lyrical abilities you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. because she went she just came out of an era where it was really masculine mm -hmm. and it's hard for a woman to kind of just kind of carve out her role mm-hmm yeah, she had a role in the Juice Crew, but you know, for, for the most part, a lot of times, crews had girls and the girl of the crew. You weren't right. necessarily on the same level as the guys. They didn't see you that way. You were just a girl that could spit, right? So, Shantae had been holding her own for a long fucking time. And then, over time, you start seeing Salt and Pepper, Latifah, MC Light, fucking women. They come together, and they're pretending, or in her eyes, pretending like they're the originator. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I've been doing this shit way before you motherfuckers. Y'all owe me. And as a result, she decided to just go in on them. I just added that. You know what I'm saying? So that definitely was one of my uh, honorable mentions just because of because of that. Um, but yeah, that's really that's really about it. Because I mean, everything else uh, is not necessarily. I would consider this because like I said, I did I did jot down the uh the biggie song, the Who Shot You mm -hmm. just because everybody believes it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I could see I mean I could see how it could mm -hmm. it could be construed that way because it makes sense. You know, nigga gets shot, you were gonna yeah. be at the studio, and then you come out with a song called song. Who Shot You. <laughs> Kinda weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, crazy ass beat. Crazy ass beat. You know what I'm saying? And I mean it's it. If nothing else, whatever is categorized as, categorized as, it's a hot ass song. Yes. So you know it needs to be on everybody's list for something. Mm -hmm. You know that's Mitch Biggie. So that's, that's all I had, man. I mean, I, a, a lot of them. You know, like I said, that criteria that I laid out in the front, y'all pay no attention to that because I can't really stick to that for all of them. But that's where my mind no, is. That was that's perfect, what I though. That's what I notice in my thread. Like usually, that's what gets me up about a. A fucking diss track usually no doubt no doubt well man before we get out of here man tell the people where they can find you and uh and, and catch you on the social media oh, man. yeah you catch me on twitter if you eh. i mean if you want to talk about hip-hop <laughs> ready now i will ignore you if i need to but <laughs> not, you catch me at 77th underscore wonder on uh on twitter truthfully you could catch our podcast at tagless because 99 let's say 100 percent of the time i'm the one tweeting let's just be truthful there you go. here there you go. my counterpart a lot of times she's just like ah fuck that so i try to keep up with this so y'all can hit me in either one of those you'll be talking to me no doubt the podcast drops every month you find it uh y'all right yeah man we uh yeah I, I don't even know what we are now because every now and again we'll get an email and somebody will say we they picked us up but the the podcast is tackless podcast uh the tackless know-it-alls right so, uh, that podcast is very different from what we're talking about here. A lot of it is it's it's, I, it's a blackity black podcast. Let yeah. me just put it that yeah. way, okay? So it yeah, we we don't talk about hip hop too much. It's me and my wife, so a lot of times she'll glaze over when we talk about hip hop too much because she grew up with hip hop, but a fanatic, not as a fan. She right. just was kind of a casual. Yeah, I like that song. She she just dealt with with singles, so we don't really get into it too much on it unless Kyle come over to the crib and then I force her. <laughs> so yeah but yeah check us out you know uh technically we try to put it up sunday night that's also me 
Roll the dice, man. It'll be that Monday morning. It'll be the Monday morning. I, yeah, I, that's I, all I, 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 I promise, promise you that. It'll be that Monday morning for your drive. Right. If, you, if you're like me and you want to get a fix in on the way to work. <laughs> Word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys been listening long enough. Y'all know how to find me. The, the information's everywhere. I'm everywhere. Um, as always, thanks for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle Podcast. So for my boy Ty, I'm your boy 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5G. Later, y'all.